Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 14 of Cool Story with David J. McNeil. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. This episode features a chat with my buddy Jonathan Baldock. Jonathan is a man of many skills and interests. I met Jonathan about 15 years ago in a workshop for actors. While he hasn't pursued acting as a full-time career so far, he has worked in TV and film on various projects and used the experience to find opportunities in business behind the camera as well. One of those opportunities came when he purchased the very first Red One 4K digital camera in Toronto, a camera that quickly became the favorite of directors like Peter Jackson and Steven Soderbergh. That led to the creation of his company Camera Rentals Toronto, which saw him purchasing more RED cameras and supporting gear and prime lenses, which he has rented out to major motion picture studios for over a decade now. Jonathan has also spent the last 10 years working as a global account manager for LinkedIn, sharing his time between Toronto and his LinkedIn office at the Empire State Building in New York City. So when Jonathan told me he was launching a new app called Glimpse Social, I was intrigued to say the least. In our conversation, we chatted about where the idea came from, some of the many potential uses for the app, and specifically the role Glimpse Social could play in dealing with life in the age of COVID-19 and beyond. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my good buddy, Jonathan Baldock. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing, man? I'm great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. You've been a pretty busy guy. I haven't seen you in a little bit, though. You were, uh, you were last. I saw you face-to-face. You were visiting us in Costa Rica. You stayed with us for a little while down here, and we had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I was down there for a week, and uh, I managed to wedge in some uh, internal work interviews for a- another job that I was working towards. That's right. Yeah, you were, uh, you were in transition. What, uh, so what's, what's happening these days? You, you left LinkedIn. You had been there for how many years? Uh, at the end, it was like almost 10. So like nine and a half years. That's a long time That's a, to be in, in at one position for our one company these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd overstayed my welcome. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you, know, you sort of, you get that seven year itch after three years, six years, nine years. And then, uh, yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was in Costa Rica, hanging out with you guys, uh, obviously it was amazing and the weather was awesome. And I, I you know, definitely enjoying the heat. Uh, while I was down there, it, it was actually just before I came to visit you guys, the team that I was working on was what they would consider end dated. So mm-hmm. they, they let us know like a few months in advance, we're going to shut down the team and you guys need to find other jobs. Yeah. And um, it was actually at, like at that time, I toyed with the idea of, of being like of moving somewhere else in the world. And, um, and it, it, with the kids being at the age that they are, where they're sort of headed in a post-secondary education. I thought if, if there was ever going to be a time to move somewhere, this would be it. And there was a job that was open in Singapore. Mm-hmm, the, team yeah, was, the team was really awesome. So I, I kept doing late night uh, uh, conference calls in your, in your office. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically uh, job interviews uh, while I was uh, in town with you. And, uh, and eventually, um, I was actually successful. They offered me the job. I definitely wanted to take it. And, uh, and then uh, COVID happened. 
you know, yes, like COVID I mean, happened. COVID was already starting up, but uh, you know, the lockdown really kicked in, and uh, and um, so it, it's it still was progressing towards happening. But then, basically, uh, about a month before I was supposed to ship out to Singapore, uh, they said, "Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's not going to happen." You know, we yeah. can't get you the work permit. LinkedIn's no longer uh, supporting international moves, and mm-hmm. which I totally understood. And, and I knew that was a real possibility, especially a week after week and month after month when you, you just sort of see the state of the world. I, 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 like I understood. I got it. And I was like, okay, you know, it may make sense. It's a sad because I, you know, I loved the company and I loved all the people I was working with and we yeah. did a lot of good. But, uh, and I thought it would have been a really great and fun adventure. So definitely, I don't think I would, you know, close the door to that. I would, I would love to, uh, to have that opportunity to live somewhere else in the world and, and, uh, and, you know, learn all the different cultures and, uh, and, and the ways of doing business. But, um, so yeah, so, uh, but that, that definitely shifted. I ended up leaving LinkedIn and, uh, uh, so now, uh, I'm pursuing other opportunities. Yeah. It was just not meant to be right. And that's just the way life is sometimes. So all of a sudden you had space to really, uh, really go for it with the, with the app that you were already working on. While I was down seeing you, um, I, I had been working on an app, but um, I hadn't really focused it into what it is right now. And, um, and to be honest, when I got back into Toronto and, and lockdown happened, when lockdown first happened, it was really difficult to get anything. So it was difficult mm-hmm. to get into a grocery store. When you went into grocery stores, it was hard to get things like toilet paper milk, <laughs> um, bread, flour, yeah. yeast, like if, you know, all of a sudden people were just loading up. And, uh, and then also it was, it was still chilly out. I was found myself sometimes waiting outside of a grocery store for about 45 minutes to an hour to get in. So they would let a couple of people in, they would let a couple of people out and, and, uh, you know, giant grocery stores that could handle a lot of people, but they, the max capacity was just, you know, a handful of people at a time. And so, uh, it was really, really uh, challenging to be able to get anything. And and then at that moment, I realized, boy, I am so lazy. I, like, I just don't want to have to deal with these lines. And there's got to be an app for this. And there isn't. <laughs> there wasn't. And so I figured, you know what? The the app that I was already starting to work on, um, I could uh, sort of focus it in on this. You know, basically chop a bunch of features out and really try and narrow it down to just something simple that could help people with this situation. Right. So the app is live and it is called Glimpse Social and you can get it for iOS and you can get it for Android. And tell us a bit more about what Glimpse Social can facilitate. Sure, sure. So the the short answer is it's an app that helps you navigate lines, uh, whether it's for you know businesses, retail, government, whatever that's open that you need to go to. So Think of, you know, Waze helps you get to your destination. Glimpse Social helps you at your destination. So right. before you go to leave, if, if you need to go down to a government office or you're going to head down to the Apple store, I had to do that recently. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, when you get to the Apple store, you realize there's a three-hour wait in, you know, in and around the mall while people are just sort of queuing up indefinitely. I, I kind of want to know if, if I'm going to be dealing with a three-hour line before I head down there. So... Uh, so that's the idea is that you basically you drop a pin on the location. You ask the yeah. question, hey, is there a line or how long is the wait? And then people at that location get a little notification saying, hey, somebody wants to know this. And so they get that question and then they can upload a photo or a video 
So they, you know, flip open their phone, they flip open the, the app and the camera, and then they basically just record a quick video like, hey, yeah, I've been waiting here 20 minutes. You probably don't want to head down anytime soon because there's about 300 people behind me in line. Uh, you know, maybe you want to check with people at the line, you know, or at the store later on. Uh, yeah. And then, or if there's, you know, surprisingly, there's no line, then they can tell you that. And then, you know, okay, I'm going to head down now or I'm going to head down later. Or if there's a line and you have to go, at least you know what you're getting yourself into. So mm. you can prepare accordingly. Like if you're waiting outside and it's hot, you know, maybe, you know, wear some sunblock, bring some water, things like that. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the idea. At least that's, that's one of the, the pieces. The other piece is that I was really concerned. Uh, just there's a, a lot in the news about people that are at high risk. And, <clears> and so, you know, they're stuck in their homes. Every now and again, they want to get outside and they want to do something, but you want to avoid crowded places if you're high risk. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about even just like if you go to the park. So this, it'll do the same thing. You can drop a pin on the park. In fact, you can drop a pin in any location in the park. And then you yeah. can ask the question, you know, how busy is the park? Uh, uh, you know, ask whatever question you want. And then people at that location upload and let you know. So then if you see like, oh, it's busy now, and then you check an hour from now and it's not, then you know, okay, now it's a good time to go walk over to the park. It's not busy and we can get some fresh air. Right. Yeah. When the, when the app first went live, uh, Belinda and I were playing around with it. And one of the things we did was I dropped a pin. We had just had a big tropical storm that came through, made a real mess of the beach. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, well, you know, in, in a situation like this, you could drop a pin uh, on the beach here in uh, Playa del Coco and say, you know, is the beach worth going to with all the debris or whatever? Should you know? And you could take a video and see whether or not there was enough, you know, whether the beach had been cleaned up yet or what the situation totally. is and whether it would warrant going down. So that was one of the situations we saw right around here. But the, you know, there's so many situations that uh, that you could or, or situations you could use it for here in Coco or anywhere. But you were saying earlier that originally it kind of had very uh, day-to-day uh, uh, application and stuff. And then when COVID hit, it's like, well, there's an opportunity, like you said, to, to for the greater good to be able to use it for a, as a security option as well. Yeah. So it dawned on me about a month and a half ago before we had launched um, that um, the federal election on November 3rd, so that, that yeah, presidential US, election yeah. yeah, in the U.S., mm-hmm. you've got in the neighborhood of, let's say if, if 150 million people have to go to the polls. A small, a small percentage of those people are going to be working their way, you know, like advanced voting, mailing something in. But uh, most people actually have to physically go to the polls. And so knowing what you're getting into when you're going to the polls is going to be really, really important. The U.S. spans so many different geographies. And so obviously a lot of different climate zones, there's going to be areas where in, on, in November, it's going to be hot. And there's going to be areas in the United States where in November, it's going to be cold. Uh, I could imagine a situation where either, you know, I'm, I'm stepping away from working, even if I'm working from home or I'm, I'm working in a, in a location, uh, but I, I, I have, you know, say like a two hour window to go and vote. I get down to the polling location and I find out there's an eight hour wait. Yeah. You know, so now I'm going to get trouble with work. Uh, it could be that I'm arranging uh, childcare so that I could I could get out and vote. But if if you can see, so if you drop a pin on that on that uh, polling location and people are telling you, yeah, like there's no line, come on down, it's great. Or yeah. I've been here for hours. We're, you know, we're all thirsty. We didn't bring any. You know, so now you know. Okay, I, I'm going to plan. I'm going to pack food. I'm going to pack water. Uh, possibly sunblock or maybe a chain, you know, like a lighter jacket, whatever it is when it gets cold in the evening. So that way, you know what you're getting into. And you can also make appropriate plans before you leave to take care yeah. of your family, to, 
to you know get a babysitter, whatever it is that you need in order to be able to get down there and make your vote count. And so I see make this as, sandwiches for everybody else as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, bring down about four or five thousand, maybe ten thousand sandwiches, and help everybody out. But um, exactly. Yeah, no, but the the reality is, I think everybody, you know, it's it's their right to be able to get down there and vote. So let's make it hopefully a little bit easier and uh, mm-hmm. and give people the opportunity to to plan appropriately. So uh, on November third, you know, people can do that, and they this works anywhere in the world, but specifically for this particular use case for the United States, anywhere in the United States. So all you have to do is just drop a pin on your polling location. And then uh, as long as somebody's within a close proximity to where you've dropped the pin, uh, they can answer that request for you. And the reality is uh, we've got a function in the app called follow. And so um, let's say I'm about to ask that question on my, on the polling location, you know, how busy it or what's the line. And somebody's already asked the question because there's two different color pins. There's like a a light orange is um, or like a yellowy orange is the question and then a darker orange or like a reddish orange is the answer. So those are the two different color pins. So if I see a lightish color orange, then I just touch that one and it'll bring up the person that has already asked a question that hasn't been answered yet. And Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, how long is, if it's the exact same question you have, then you just hit follow. And then you could have 10,000 people could follow that one question. Then when it gets answered, all 10,000 people get the answer at the exact same time. So right. now, so now you don't have to, you know, a, a thousand different people don't have to ask 1000 different questions to get the exact same mm-hmm. answer. If the question's already down there, away you go. And then the same idea with, um, if you are going to ask a question, but you already see the answer there, um, it, it, as people are posting the videos, um, the newer pin is, uh, um, the newer answer is larger. And then the, uh, older the answer gets, the smaller the pin gets. So if you see, uh, or five bright orange, you know, like the, the, the answer. So the darker orange uh, pins, the biggest one's going to be the most recent answer for you. So that way you can even right. tell just visually which one's the newest result so that I know what to prepare for. Yeah. And so people know too, as I understand it, you know, if you open it up, don't expect to see pins all over the place because pins have collected for the past year or something. It's, it's timely. These things are only up there for as long as they're useful. Right. And, and then, Correct. and then they Correct. disappear. So I can ask the question, and if it doesn't get answered within an hour, it just goes away. And then right. same thing with the answer. So uh, if someone answers my question after an hour, that pin will go away. So it just starts to shrink, and then it disappears. Because yeah, yeah. one hour from now, the odds of that answer being appropriate for that line is going to be yeah. pretty limited. And things can shift quickly, especially I'm finding locally here in Toronto uh, with the, uh, the grocery lines. If I, you know, if I check, or <laughs> even if I drive by, drive by one time and it's like a massive line 30 minutes later I drive by and there's nobody out front so mm-hmm. uh, you know y- you need to know what's happening you need to know what you're getting into you know as it's happening so that's the idea with with the app being able to give you timely you know realistic and and, and honest answers yeah yeah I was I was thinking about all the different we were talking about this before all the different uses you can have and for instance just in my life we often go out to see live music uh the you know the question often is you know what time is uh you're going to I don't know Massey Hall big uh you know one of our favorite venues in Toronto to see live music you don't you know there's maybe two or three bands you're wondering who's on what time is it you know you can drop a pin and say you know 
are, are there many people there? Is there a band on? Who's on? So, so you can time it and figure out when you, when, when you need to leave and, and, uh, and whether you should leave earlier because, you know, especially shows like that, sometimes they switch up the times or whatever and, and the band comes on earlier than they thought. Um, you know, at, at, at festivals, uh, you know, you can find out about parking and find out about, you know, different aspects of the festival and, and yeah. when you should come down. Uh, you Just a little thing like we often take our boat over and we'll take it over the Toronto Islands and you could tie off in the wall on the, in the Toronto Islands. You could drop a pin over there and say, are there any spots left on the wall? Should we bother coming over with, our, with the boat, you know, or is everything right. taken up? So many different uses for it. Totally. And, and as you've mentioned, for example, festivals, I've been to Austin City Limits, which is an amazing music festival. I've been a couple of times. Uh, I want to know how difficult is it to get in? Like, is there a huge lineup wait to get in? Because sometimes the gates can be just really, really full, just people lining up, getting through security. The yeah. other question that most people are going to have at that kind of venue is how long's the line for food and how long's the line for drinks? Yeah. So you can drop pins at various different places uh, around, uh, uh, I think it's Ziller Park. So you can drop, uh, you know, pins asking, you know, what's the food line here? What's the food line there? Is there a line for drinks? And then that way you you know where to go in the park. Because if, if mm-hmm. you arrive and you need to get a drink right away, then you, you walk straight over to the location where they've got the shortest line. Yeah. So you, you're yeah. getting the information you need as you need it. Yeah. Or if you go to festivals too, you know, I'm thinking of going to the festival for the next day. What's the VIP section look like? Is it worth paying that much extra for the VIP? Oh, sure. Yeah, or yeah. it rained last night. Do I need to wear rubber boots? How many times have you shown up at a festival and it's just like <laughs> a mud pit? <laughs> yeah, so, many, so many people are walking. It almost like yanks their shoes off. You know, they're walking around. Yeah, yeah. So much you, mud. you lose your flip flops in, in yeah. uh, two feet of mud. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's so many uses. And I think what's going to be interesting, too, is you're going to find groups that are going to find uses for it that are going to blow your mind, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, there's only I think uh, I try and think about each demographic and go, well, what would they use it for? And, yeah. and, and usually I can come up with a, a few different ways that they could use it. But the reality is like my daughter's already told me that she and her friends are going to use it for bar hopping. Yeah. So sure. uh, she's in university. So she's going to drop pins on three different bars. And then as the answers come in, she'll know like if there's a line. So uh, they can then prioritize like go to bar A first, bar B, then bar C. And, uh, and then when they're at whatever bar, if the other one's starting to pick up, they know to move like, you know, jump ship and move over before the line gets too long and they can avoid, you know, waiting outside, things like that. Now, of course, we're talking a lot about, you know, when life is normal. Yeah. Uh, But, but even, even when we think about it today, like if I want to go to a restaurant right now, they're at 50% capacity and, and then the patios are really spread out. Yeah. And then patio season's almost over here in Toronto. So right. if I want to go to a restaurant within a few weeks, all the patios are going to be closed and I'm going to need to go inside. And if you go inside, they're at maximum 50% capacity. Everything's really yeah. spread out. You know, you're wearing your mask, you're doing all the right stuff. But if you want to go to dinner with somebody or you want to meet up with friends and you go to the restaurant and there's a huge line outside and it's one of your favorite places, you've made that effort now to go from home all the way to meet your friends and you're now at this one location you may as well know ahead of time, what am I, you know, it, do they have space? Because half the time I'm phoning restaurants right now and they don't answer their their phone because they're so busy just trying to deal with the, the you know, with this people that are in the restaurant at the time. They've yeah. got half the staff, probably half the kitchen staff because they're, they're trying to stay in business. They're trying to make money. And mm-hmm. so I want to support the local businesses, but I also don't want to stand outside for 40 minutes. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you want to show up and support them when, when they're not busy to make them busy. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? I'd use it for it too because I, I used to do this via phone calls the old-fashioned way. But uh, drop a pin and say, you know, we'd go out to see like a, a Toronto Maple Leafs hockey game or, or a Raptor game. We'd go to a bar or whatever. But half of the time you go to there and they've got the music cranked and they don't put the volume on. So you can drop a pin and say, look, you, I know this is a sports bar. Do they have the volume on? Can I hear the, the, yeah. the NBA game or whatever, totally. stuff like that? Anyways, just so many uses. We could go on and on, go on and on, right. go on and on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this app but that's the beauty of it you, you it, it turns into you, you know your own thing uh so i don't know anybody who's ever built an app before i mean what what's uh how, how does that work so that that was an experience yeah so so I, i've i've always wanted to have an app like to, to create one and, and release one actually and to be honest with this that was actually the goal was you know let's go through the whole process and and try and create this app and um so just to put it into perspective, yes, I worked for LinkedIn, but I wasn't in app development or app design. Uh, you know, LinkedIn yeah. had lots of different apps and I used them, but, uh, and we were selling their services, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I was really influencing anything in the way of product design. So uh, it was mm-hmm. all brand new to me. So think of me as like a complete novice yeah. technically. I understand technology, but that doesn't mean I can actually code. I don't code. Uh, uh, so there's that. I definitely wanted to be in a position to be able to launch an app. And then through my time, and also since sort of some friends found out that I was sort of going through this journey of trying to do this, uh, they all raised their hands and they were like, oh, I've always wanted to create an app. And uh, so sure. it, I think it's, it's a common theme. That doesn't mean that uh, you know, we have enough apps. I think there's, there's lots more apps that are going to be coming. And I also suspect... Yeah. You know, apps, when they first were being launched, you basically had to be a coder in order to be able to do it. Um, now that that gap is changing, that technology band is changing. So the process that I went through to create an app is um, is very different than probably, you know, what it would have been two, three years ago. And I suspect in two, three years from now, you will, it, it'll be like creating a website. You know, there's like the, the um, companies that'll basically you just grab your URL and sure. then you can just sort of build it yourself for the most part. Yeah. Sort of a square. Exactly. So I think that'll eventually yeah. happen where I think a little ways away from that. So I, I'm in that world where I created one somewhere in between. So the, the first idea was, you know, what's, you know, what's the purpose of the app? What's the app going to do? And, and I quickly mentioned that already, which is, you know, helping people, right? And, and it's through, through mm-hmm. COVID. And, and my, my end game was if, if this app could do some greater good. So think of it as like it's a global app uh, where the, you know, our, the global community could come together and help each other out locally. And so, so that's the mm-hmm. idea. Um, the second thing I needed to do was assemble a team of people that knew what they were doing because I knew what I wanted, but that doesn't mean I know how to do it. So uh, I decided yeah. to opt for uh, getting students uh, because they mm-hmm. would be local. Uh, I would be able to meet with them locally. We would be on the same time zone because you can offshore it. Like you can send out the work, you know, to China or India, and there are lots of fantastic app developers there. Uh, and also, I didn't have the resources or the finances to be able to to whip out big bucks and hire a, a major firm to be able to develop an app for me. Then you're in the you know hundreds of thousands of dollars really really quickly for a pretty standard and basic app. And, uh, and that was super scary. And, and when I say standard and basic app, I mean my standard and basic app. Uh, and, the, and the reason why right. is because mine's actually, even though it's simple, from a technical perspective, it's actually fairly complex because it uses a lot of yeah. different pieces of technology. And it asks all those pieces of technology to work together 
in order to provide this simple, you know, I'm going to ask a question, somebody else is going to answer it. That sounds really simple, right. but when I sort of step through some of what's required in order to be able to get it done, it's, it's not that easy. And, uh, and in fact, it was a little shocking mm-hmm. to me how com- complicated it really was. Because, you know, I'm like, oh, I, but if I can say it and it sounds so easy, it's, you know, can't be that tough. And the answer is it is. So, uh, yeah. so uh, I, 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 you know, assembled a team <laughs> of students and I was very fortunate. Um, I had already been working with one student because a, a friend of mine uh, has this amazing game called Jabuka. And it's like a, the sort of latest version of um, uh, um, uh, Scrabble. And so uh, it's just a very cool, fun game. And he needed somebody to help with social media and design and sort of look and feel. And so because I have a recruitment background, I found this great student. And then um, I reached out to him uh, when I wanted to sort of head towards this app because I knew he could do design work. And then I suspected he knew students that knew knew how to develop uh, um, apps in, in versus, you know, websites, because it's a completely different skill set. Uh, a lot, a lot of overlap right. coding, but coding for an app versus coding for a website or coding for uh, a business application, the, the app, the, the way you apply yourself is different. And then usually the tools are different. And, uh, and then he knew some students that, that knew how to do, uh, app development. And so we, we started bringing some in and when we was, before I was sort of really focused on the COVID application. Uh, and and the outcome of of being able to help people specifically for this, uh, and before we chopped out all those other features, we did have some other students working on it with him, uh, and they were you know not necessarily performing at the best possible rate. And uh, but I didn't have a timeline, so they sort of came and went, and it wasn't really that focused. Then when we sort of locked in on focusing towards developing this app, and with these outcomes. Um, that's when we really needed to sort of settle on a specific team. And so uh, mm-hmm. I got very fortunate uh, that um, the one uh, app developer that was referred in uh, was fantastic. And then he recommended another one of his friends. And he said the two of them should be able to get everything done. And, uh, and, then, um, uh, and then the designer would help with the, the look and feel and, and how the, uh, the buttons work and, and everything else. And so... Right. They they were wonderful, and and so we basically met usually at least once a week, sometimes several times a week, just talking through everything. And so the first bit was to figure out what are the technical requirements. So, mm-hmm. what development language are you going to use? What different tools do you need? So you know what kind of database do you use? Where does it get stored? Uh, you know where do you locate your data? Uh, who hosts it? Uh, what APIs you're going to use? And so APIs are basically. Yeah. Um, uh, like a little widget. So a, an example would be uh, Google Maps has an API and we use that. And so uh, Google allows you to basically implement maps into your app. And then we're also using the GPS from Google. We're also using the search engine from Google. And so when you you start adding in all of these different tools, uh, you're using a database, you're using maps, you're using uh, search, you're using GPS. And then you've also got to control the camera on everyone's phone. And right. then think. So you need to use somebody else's technology for yeah, that as so well. So now you're right? adding in Android phones, Apple phones, which versions, because everyone's got different phones. And so there's sure. this, like, every time you add in another element, it's like the power, like the complexity levels just amplifies like exponentially. 
And so every single step, you know, once we sort of figured out what was really required, um, then we started to build a list of what's the minimum viable product, which is called the MVP. And so this is, mm-hmm. you know, determining what features and functions you want, um, and then starting to talk through, you know, how it's going to look, all that kind of stuff. And then that's when you, you start to figure out, okay, let's start to get an estimate of how long this is going to take. What order do we try and build this in? And how difficult is this going to be? And so in, in yeah. our particular case, uh, it was developed for Android first because it's way easier mm-hmm. to develop an app for Android uh, and then start adapting the technology for iOS. And it's just because we didn't have the big bucks to have a, you know, a large development firm sort of take us through everything and just sort of whip it all together. I suspect they would have been dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of the same challenges, but um, we certainly were dealing with some technical challenges. You know, we would, you know, start to get camera control right. and then, you know, half the time it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't work for these phones. It would for those phones. It wouldn't. Uh, once you once you started right. adding in different elements, it just made it more complicated. And then uh, one of the other pieces that we added on as we worked our way through development uh, was um, uh, proximity. Uh, so uh, I, I figured that. If people had the app open. And it pinged them and said, like, hey, somebody wants to know something about where you are. So, for <clears> example, you're at the con- uh, concert and there's the opening band on and you get a little you know, vibration in your pocket and you look. And the question is, what band is on? Uh, I'm going I'm, <clears> to <throat> I'll, I'll help out. No problem. I'll, I'll do that. But if I'm watching the concert and I don't get that vibration or I'm at some location and I don't get a ping, I may not help out because I'm not walking around with the app constantly looking for how can I help people. So it needs to be able to prompt people. And so that's what this proximity function was. And that was another layer of technology that had to be built into it. And so each and every piece that you you try and add in, not only does it have to work, but also has to work with everything else you're trying to do. Yeah. So in the end, you know, I'm describing initially what I thought was a really simple app. And as we worked our way through it, it was like, wow, this is not easy. And, uh, and I, I was stressing out as the developers were working through challenge after challenge and, and coding errors and, and uh, having it crash. And then they would, you know, they would try and figure out solutions. And there, were, there was one time where I, I thought I would have to go and find uh, basically some world expert uh, in this development language to pay whatever they charge to try and solve a problem because... We were at the point, we were days in and, and it was just a, an absolute struggle. And amazingly, just as I was narrowing down to an expert, uh, uh, one of the students uh, came up with a solution and, and fixed it. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm blown away by the talent that, uh, that uh, yeah. some of these students have. And, and I'm blown away by the talent that the students I was working with have because, you know, they're the real reason why the app was, is here. Yes, it's my idea. Yes, we talked about it all the way through, but it was very collaborative. They were very helpful in suggesting that, you know, you should have this, or we should have that. And I was very open to their feedback. And uh, yeah, I definitely paid mm-hmm. the bills. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but in the end, uh, you know, we, we worked our way through. Uh, and then w- finally, it was we were working towards launch. And we originally predicted it would take about three months to develop the, the app. So mm-hmm. after three months, people would be asking me, oh, so like how long until you launch? And I would say, oh, you know, about two weeks. And I said about two weeks for about three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember so that. <laughs> I, I was the, uh, I was the boy who cried app. 
And uh, uh, so <laughs> I was the running joke with our, all the friends just sort of saying like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. yeah. I, yeah, what size T-shirt do you wear? Exactly. Two weeks, and and I honestly <laughs> believed every single time that I was about two weeks away, and and then there would be times we were so close. If somebody asked me, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe the end of this week, because I thought it was the next day. So I, I was adding time. Yeah. I was like, okay, if if I think it's tomorrow, maybe it's a week. So I would tell them a week, and I was still like three weeks off, just because just because you can get Android to release it and Apple to release it doesn't mean it's actually going to work when you're in practical, you know, life. And, uh, and then you still need some feedback. You were, you were one of the people that gave me some feedback at the very end and said, there's not enough characters to be able to ask your questions. And so we switched it from 50 characters to 75. And it actually shows you the character countdown as well now when you're using it. Yeah. So, you know, you're counting on friends and, and family and, and, and people that you're, you're giving the app to early just to say, what, what's the deal? Is this going to work? Uh, yeah, Does this exactly. Feel good? Now, one of the decisions that was made fairly early on, once I found out like we were using all of these different APIs that you actually have to pay for. So, you know, Google's charging you every time somebody logs into the app and like opens up the uh, app and they they open the map, you're going to get charged for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they do a search, you're going to get charged for that. Uh, If they're storing any data, which means if they do anything on the app, you're going to get charged for that. Uh, So, uh, you know, if it locates them by GPS, you're getting charged for that. So all of these things, mm-hmm. it all adds up. And so we were trying to figure out the math on it. And I quickly realized if, if, if just handfuls of people use it, which actually means it's not going to be useful because it's like ways, it's, it's crowdsourced. I'm really counting on people yeah. to go, this is great, and share it to their networks and tell their friends and, and family, like, hey, download this and we can help each other out. And, but if that happens and it really takes off, I could be in a situation where, you know, Google would send me, uh, you know, a bill for $50,000 for the month. And if that's the case, right. uh, you know, I, I, I won't be, uh, I won't have an app for very long, <laughs> nor will I have a home. Yeah. So I had to put in um, uh, advertising. So there's, for example, if you ask a question and I answer it, when you go to look at my upload, either a photo or a video, it's going to throw an ad in front of there. Um, but then I realized maybe the ads will make more money than what I'm getting charged. And if that happens, the first use case for this app is about the greater good. And it's about helping people out and really, really making a difference. <clears throat> and so the decision I made, I ran it past the development team and they agreed was for the first 12 months, uh, any profit that the app makes with in-app advertising um, uh, then I'm going to donate that. So, and we're going to donate it to either COVID relief or racial injustice. Yep. And so, uh, mm-hmm. well, a combination of the two, right? So those are the two, two topics right. that we're, we're going to be donating to. And, uh, so that, uh, 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 we launched the app last week. So we've got till next, you know, be- the beginning of next September. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, we can get a lot of people on it. I'm hoping that uh, a lot of people can find value in it, save people time, keep people safe. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get some visibility for it before the uh, U.S. election, because if we could save millions of people time and millions of people are better prepared when they're going to vote, uh, I, I, I personally believe, and I, you know, I don't, it, it's irrelevant to me who they vote for, whether they're voting, you know, a Republican, whether they're voting Democrat or whether they vote for Kanye. I just think it's really important that, that people are able to go and do the thing uh, that they want to do, right? And so... Um, you know, I, I think we're in a good position and, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully people like it. 
but that's that's the that's been the experience with the app. It's you know I I think um, initially I thought it would be pretty straightforward, and you know I've got some savings. I'll I'll put my savings towards doing this, and then I quickly realized mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot more complicated than I realized. Uh, although I was I was asking sure. for something complex. You know, if 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 you've got a simple mm-hmm. game idea, it could be really actually a lot more straightforward. Um, but I was able to keep the dollars uh, invested, you know, reasonable and uh, and get an app out into people's hands. And now my job is to try and get it into a lot of people's hands and and hopefully help some people out. Yeah, it's going to be certain groups that are going to hit on it and, and run with it. And I think that's what's going to be surprising is you'll hear about it being used for very uh, specific uh, uh, scenarios that you hadn't thought about. And then all of a sudden. It, it, it hits with that group and it just spreads quickly. I mean, I mean, cause look at Facebook, Facebook started out as an app that was designed for kids living on right. a dorm floor, right. To, you know, find out about each other or whatever. And once it worked that way, then it proved to be, you know, uh, helpful on a much larger scale. I think that'll be interesting to see what groups adopt the yeah. app and, 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 uh, and how that those uses spread. You know, you'll, I think you'll find out from a lot of people that will reach out to you saying, well, you know, it turned out to be a perfect tool for yeah. this and that, something we didn't already have an app for. Uh, I think that'll be the fun thing that, to see who who takes it and runs with it and and, and uh, makes it that really makes yeah, it their absolutely. own. I've got ideas as to what functions and features I want for version two. But I think over the next mm-hmm. little bit, that's the proving ground. Like if we can get it into a lot of people's hands and we find out how they're using it, we can take that feedback and those recommendations and start that'll help to shape the future of the app so that way you know if they're mm-hmm. using it for uh, you know as you said like different ways that you didn't anticipate but those are really compelling and a lot of people appreciate it uh, then we can build more features around making that use case better for them because it might be a little yeah. bit clunky uh, off the top just because you know it's very limited in its functionality it's got it's got decent functionality mm-hmm. for what we're we're aiming to do but that doesn't mean that it couldn't be mm-hmm. more robust in other areas to really help other people out. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I'd, I'd even thought about the fact that, you know, there's a lot of protests right now. And um, yeah. so you could use it just to even find out where is the protest. You could find out, you know, how, like, you know, where is the protest moving from where to where. You could find out, you know, how, how many people are down protesting. And you could also see what you're getting into beforehand because nobody, you know, definitely everybody has the right and and should, you know, have the right to go and protest. But I think nobody that really wants to protest wants to head into a dangerous situation. And, uh, and this could certainly help with that where, you know, you can drop a pin in, in a location and see, oh yeah, it's a peaceful protest. Uh, There's a lot of people down there and and it looks like it's well under control. Yeah. I'm happy to go and join that. And, uh, but if you see, you know, you drop a pin and then you get updates that, you know, it's, it's really taking a turn. Maybe it's dusk and, some some you know bad intention people start arriving and 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 it you know turns for the worse and we've seen that a lot of times in the news recently you know let's you, you right. want nobody really wants to be down there unless they they have some you know bad intentions and everybody that has good intentions kind of wants out of there right you, you know the goal yeah. is is to protest and and uh, make change and change for good not to to have people get hurt or property get damaged and things like that so. You know, that, that's, yeah, that's I could I could see it being used for that as well, uh, and uh, and just to keep people safe and and um, and uh, really put people in a good situation, hopefully. 
Well, you certainly jumped in uh, uh, <laughs> head first. There's a lot of different types of apps. It would be, you know, so much easier. <laughs> you know, you build a, you know, a really cool calculator. You put it up there. Somebody needs a calculator. Maybe it's cooler than the others. They pay five bucks. Boom. You move on, you know, and, and, and it's just about, you know, sales and how many. Enough. But this is, you, you know, you, this depends on crowdsourcing. So you need people to jump on and you need people to use it and you need people to try out interesting ways of using it so you can figure out how to move it forward. That is a uh, that's a lot of. That's a lot of stuff to think about, especially when you have to deal with all the different entities that you had to go through to be able to use all of their technology and stuff. There's so many moving parts to this. Yeah, well, and so on that note, I guess there's two things there. One is, my apologies if it's not the smoothest and or perfect when you go to use it. Uh, um, this, this is uh, a stable version and, uh, and it does have the functionality that we want, but like I've already had a couple, you know, and we'll work on anything as, as we become aware of any challenges. But when you hear about the array of phones that are out there and it has to work on every single one and, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, we're talking about, you know, uh, me and a few students that, that, that put it together. Uh, uh, it's, it's a bit of an ask. So, uh, so one, I'm pre-apologizing for all failures as they happen. But, uh, but two is, um, yeah, that's the reality that uh, I face is that, you know, goal number one was get it done and get it released. And now, to be honest, the mm-hmm. real work starts, which is get it in the hands of a lot of people and, uh, and hopefully we can make a difference. And, uh, and that's, that's where I think that's where the value is going to come in because uh, the app's really valueless other than to me if nobody's using it. The app has value mm-hmm. to the individual uh, individuals that are using it if we've got enough people on. And so I think, you know, for a, a city like Toronto or New York, I think if you've got about 10,000 people or more on it in that location, you can drop pins and people will be answering. Uh, so, you know, you, you yeah. don't need millions of people on it, but you do need quite a few people in each location. Otherwise, you know, you can use it for your, your own personal, you know, needs through friends. Like you can share information back and forth. Uh, in, in that way, but until until you get a, a, into a lot of hands, it's 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 going to be you know less valuable until we sort of c- click over. So uh, anybody that's listening, if if uh, you want to uh, to download it and and uh, get ready for that, uh, you know, as we work our way forward, because uh, each podcast and each interview that I do uh, will make it you know more visible and and then therefore put it into more hands, hopefully, and and we'll come to that point where all of a sudden it's really driving a lot of value. Um, but, uh, but for those that want to, you know, create their own app and, and want to make something, uh, hopefully a lot simpler, um, then, uh, you know, one, the technical challenges are going to be less, uh, two, probably the amount of coding is going to be less. Uh, and then, uh, but there's still going to be some consistencies, you know, uh, if you want to release it on Android and iOS, I can tell you, uh, iOS, I'm like, I'm a huge fan of, of Apple products and their services. Uh, but boy, yeah. you've got a lot of hoops to get through mm-hmm. and um, right. their technology is slick uh, and you mm-hmm. have to meet a pretty high bar. Not to say that the Android bar is necessarily lower, but they have a lot more questions uh, and, uh, and, it's, and it's, it's not as easy as, as one would have hoped. So, um, you know, right. you, you, th- you think you've crossed a lot of things off the list and, and there's, there's, there's definitely more challenges around the corner. Uh, so you just have to be prepared mm-hmm. to kind of keep just keep knocking stuff off the list and, and moving forward and put your head down and go, okay, those are the, these are the things this week and knock them off the list and then keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed even just, uh, you had released a newer version about a week or two ago, I guess, and you had sent me a note and, and, uh, 
and you could see that it was already functioning better than it had in the in the last one. You know, uh, automatically you could see that some of the things were were working better and stuff. So it's uh, it looks great, and but it's in its concept or whatever. It's it's got like I said, it's got a lot of moving parts, but it's a simple yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, the the good news is when you're using the app, you're not seeing all these moving parts. You it, you you think like, yeah. oh, I'm oh, I can drop a pin, and then someone's going to send me some information. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the background. And every time like, you do one thing, it might, it might be asking the app to do five different things. And it's going to different locations. Yeah. These different locations are really spread apart. So, and they also yeah. come in at different times. So there's, there's sometimes mm-hmm. there's like a loading, like it'll, you'll get a little loading screen. Uh, and that's because it's, it's got to do a bunch of stuff. But, um, um, but we've, we've tried to work out that so that that way, you know, if you hit a button and it initially, for example, you would hit a button and it looked like it wasn't responding. It was, it was just going mm-hmm. to all these different locations and assembling the information. So we had to put in like a little yeah. loading screen so that we knew like, oh, okay, it's, sure. it's working its way through something. So, so that, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff just to make it uh, visually, uh, um, it was giving you cues to let it, you know, to let you know it was getting the work done. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> don't, don't everything's worry, fine. We're working on it. We're, 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 we're you know, Give me a we've reached here. out to Google for this. We've reached out to Google for that. We're storing, you know, some information here. We're checking on this. We're asking the other people that, and we're sending out notifications. You know, there's there's a lot of things that uh, that that can that can happen. Yeah, but when you download it and you first open it up, you're not like, oh my goodness, this is overwhelming. This is going to be a lot of stuff to figure out how to use this app. It's pretty, it's pretty direct in its approach and stuff. You're not going to need to watch a YouTube video to figure out how all the different things. You can fiddle around with them and so learn them pretty I didn't, quick. I don't think so. But I also think it, well, I think, think so? it's generational. So I think if, if I give the app to my mom, uh, she's going to be like, just k- k- come here and show me how to do it. Uh, sh- she's not right. going to be pressing buttons and going like, oh, you know, this, this, and this. Whereas I think, you know, if you're sort of a, uh, if you're a Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, and so on, um, then I think um, the, the odds are that they're going to pick it up pretty quick because most of the functionality is yeah. familiar. Uh, the, the mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, we had to work out how to communicate the camera button because the camera button, if you just touch it once, it takes a photo, but if you press and hold it, it takes a video. And the only app yeah. that I was really familiar with that was like that beforehand was Snapchat, which is if you press and hold the camera, mm-hmm. it starts recording a video. But if you just touch it once, it takes a photo. Um, so that, was, that yeah. was unfamiliar to me. And I wanted it so that you would have two different buttons. Like you'd have a camera button and you would have a video mm-hmm. button because that's what I'm familiar with. Well, it was more like uh, we would add two more months of coding to just try and figure that out. Okay. And then I, I was like, okay, is there another way? Maybe we could put in like a notification and that's what we did. So when you first open up the app, there's a few spots that it'll like, there's a mm-hmm. little thing above the button that tells you what the button is, or it tells you how to work the button. Right. And the camera button's one of those. So it basically says, uh, yep. hold to shoot video. Uh, so then that way mm-hmm. you go, okay, if I touch it, it's a photo. And if I press and hold it, it starts counting the seconds. Um, and then, you know, just, just being able to like, uh, um, to do, to do that kind of stuff. The camera, like there's a reverse, like, you know, flip the camera front and back because most phones have front and back cameras. So that one looks pretty obvious to me. There's the share button, which is like, it looks like, uh, you know, three dots. Uh, That's a share external. Mm -hmm. So if you shoot a video, for example, you shot the video or or, um, your wife B who's on the beach and she shoots the video answering your question. um, 
she can also share that to social. So she could be like, you know, this is the beach in Coco, uh, uh, um, Playa del Coco. And uh, this is what it looks like after the storm. And then she could then share it, you know, to social networks. She can share it via text messages. She could share it, you know, via an yeah. email. And then that video actually doesn't go away. So it'll go away if, right. if you like, uh, you know, after an hour, it, it, you know, the video upload happens and then it goes away. But if you share that content, then the video stays. Yeah. And that's going to be a big part of how you get people to to your app. Yeah. yeah. Sharing yeah, that for regard sure. and stuff. And that, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. A few things that I was thinking about down here in Playa del Coco, which is a tourist town in Costa Rica, is like uh, uses for people, specific people. Like there's in this town, there's a lot of people who are property managers and they've got condos all over the place that are for rent and people are always saying you know oh i'm, I'm looking for a place last minute you know there's a, a cheap flights of with WestJet. uh what's available and you could use your app you could use glimpse social to do that sort of thing you know drop a pin and say i'm looking for yeah. something last minute who can offer me up a two bedroom two bath property manager can can go take a quick video of the the living room or whatever in the pool and say they got this beautiful property that's available somebody just canceled uh, it's yours like if you want it starting saturday that sort of thing, or, or all the different uh, uh, restaurants in town who have got all kinds of, we were talking about this before, all the different restaurants in town and we'll have all kinds of live events. Like you could, they could, uh, you know, sort of show what's going on and, or uh, I guess preemptively drop a pin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that that's something that could be really useful uh, for a town like Plastel Coco because when, for, I mean, right now, there's probably not a ton of tourists coming in and out and it's, it's mostly just a lot of expats living there. And, uh, and then all the people that, you know, the locals and everything else. But if you think about just that fixed community, if, if you got a handful of the restaurants to every day at 6 PM, uh, just go open up the app and, and upload, Hey, here's what we've got going on tonight. Uh, we've got, you know, these, you know, two for one bottle of wine, or, you know, the, we've got this appetizer special, here's our dinner special. Uh, and we also have a band. It's this band. This is the kind of music they're going to be playing. It'll be this vibe. Looking forward to seeing you guys. If you want to come down. If you get, you know, a bunch of restaurants every day to populate that information or even the big nights of the week where it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that, then all the expats, if they all have the app and they're, you know, whichever ones want to go out for dinner that night, they just open up at the app between six and seven because the, the uploads will last a lot, an hour. And then they can just touch on all the different videos that have been uploaded by the restaurants. They can see what's happening at that restaurant, you know, in that evening and then make a decision where they want to go. So it'd be nice and easy mm -hmm. they, you know, they've got 10 restaurants to choose from. They've got 10 different uh, restaurant pitches as to, you know, why you'd want to head down to their place. And those restaurants then can generate a lot of business. And it also creates that competitive atmosphere of, uh, you know, if somebody's got a better pitch and they're doing better stuff, then it's, it's asking the other restaurants to step it up a little. But um, I, I see yeah. that working out. And then I see, you know, post COVID when travel and tourism starts to pick up, Playa del Coco is a perfect place where you have, more of those, you know, people asking about last minute rentals, you've got more of those, you know, like, for example, like there's boat tours or zip lining and all these different places, a family arrives and they don't know what to do. They, they've never been to Plastel Coco, but they're staying there for a week. They want to do some fun stuff, maybe spring break or whenever it is they're down there through the holidays. And um, there's pins constantly being uploaded by all the businesses. They could very quickly yeah. see everything that's available and then go, hey, well, why don't we do this first today? And then we could do that. And they can literally plan out their day. And so that's, that's a, an, yeah. a, a, I think, an amazing way to use the app in the future. 
uh, where you're really supporting uh, businesses and you're supporting the communities that really need it that are, you know are the potential target for those businesses. Yeah, no, I could see I, I could see a situation too, like here in Playa del Coco, where you get somebody who gets here, and everybody's always asking us what tours are good to go on, go on and stuff. It's like uh, you could just drop a pin on the area and say, you know, what's a cool t- tour to go on? And I could see it and I'm like, hey, man, I'm on a sloth tour right now. Check it out. I'm looking at a sloth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, this is a really good tour. Here's the company name. Call them up. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, um, because uh, or deep sea fishing or whatever it is. I mean, it's it's a uh, yeah, very grassroots way to find out about who's offering what what uh, what business opportunities or tours or whatever. And and man, here I am. Check it out. I'm at the mouth of the right. volcano. Here I am. I call these guys up. This is an amazing tour, and uh, their English is fantastic. I understand everything. Yeah, you can. You know, yeah, Bob's and then your uncle. I, there's also, I mean, I I do know this from LinkedIn, which is, um, you know, if a company advertises to you versus if the individual that's experiencing the service advertises, like, not necessarily advertising, but they're just telling about their experience that they're they're twice as compelling uh, because it's their personal yeah. experience. They're they're vouching for their own, you know, how they're how it's happening for them. So that's, uh, uh, you know, obviously a very good suggestion in, in the fact that, you know, people that are engaged in those things are people that are at the restaurant, you know, they're saying like, oh, yeah, it's amazing down here tonight. And, you know, the band is awesome and the service is great. The food's really, really awesome. And it's, you know, reasonably priced. And here's our experience. So nothing beats that, you know, that's that's firsthand knowledge mm-hmm. of the thing that you're thinking of doing. And uh, and then you also know, like when you head down to dinner, that couple's still at the other table and then you head down and you're like, hey, guys, thanks so much for uploading that. We decided to come down to the restaurant and we appreciate you guys you know, sharing it. And and, you know, you end up, you know, you know, making some friends and whatnot out of it as, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's it. That's I keep saying that's going to be the most exciting part of this, I think, is, is seeing how creative people get with it and all the different uses that are found for it. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how people take it and run run with it. And I guess at the end of the day, really, I mean, you're going to I'm sure you're, you've got a bunch of plans to do podcasts and interviews and do whatever you can to get it out there and be able to explain it to the public. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a word of mouth endeavor, right? This is going to be people figuring out how to use it and figuring out that that it fills a void uh, in their, uh, you know, in their everyday life. It, 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 uh, it helps in that regard. And they're just going to be passing it on to your friend on to friends, your daughter already talking about how she's going to be sharing that's it with right. her friends and what she's going to be doing and that's that's exactly what you want to hear right is is is, uh, is how people are are passing it on and now you know how they're explaining you know uh how it can be useful in their own particular 100 to use a term that is very popular yeah. right now <laughs> yeah well we're all stuck in those at the moment unfortunately yeah yeah so that's uh, I'm excited for you. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to see how this uh, uh, mutates and uh, becomes its own thing, right? It's like art. You put it out there in the world, and then it's I mean it is yours, but it isn't. After a while, it just becomes you know part of uh, everybody else's experience, and it'll be interesting to see what people yeah, do with absolutely. it. Absolutely. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, when are you gonna come down to Costa Rica uh, next? You know what? I'm just waiting for the invitation. <laughs> and and <laughs> well, and I'm waiting to not have to uh, quarantine on on both sides. Oh yeah, there is that. Do do yeah. people do people have to quarantine when they come to Costa Rica right now? Um, I think it depends on how you come down. Let me put it this way: there's a couple who own a condo downstairs from us. They just bought the condo. They live in the U.S. They live in in Virginia. Uh, they went back home to sell their yeah. house there, and then once they got out there, COVID hit, and they were locked in. They sold their house, and then ended up having to rent an apartment because they couldn't come back. Now, not not long ago, they started opening up to certain yeah. states. 
and saying you need to get a, a test that's good for 72 hours, I think. And then you have to jump through a couple other hoops before you can come down. And um, they now, uh, they're coming down as tourists. So they don't have to uh, self-isolate for two weeks. But they, they had to get a fresh test, which shows that they're, you know, they're good to go. Which at the end of the day, I think that's yeah, all that really matters. So I think that's, I think, I think that's a reasonable approach. You know, if, if I, if, if yeah. you get, for example, if I wanted to come down and see you in Costa Rica, then if I get a test before I leave and it shows I'm clear, and then maybe there's a rapid test that you can get upon arrival shows I'm still clear. And you just sort of check in through that possible, you know, incubation period to make sure that you know, people that are coming and going don't have it. And then that way, if somebody's identified yeah. and has it, I mean, you know, in a perfect world, these tests are highly accurate. And, and so therefore, you know, really, yeah. really effective. But um, that, I think that's, that's going to be a big change, right? Because it's going to be still, I think we're a ways off from what I hear uh, from a, um, um, a vaccine. vaccine yeah. And so I, I think, I think testing is, is going to be a, a reasonable solution in the meantime. And, uh, and I think yeah. once uh, there's that possibility, maybe it's like the flu, who knows where, you know, you get a vaccine, but that only takes care of X, Y, Z strains. And by then maybe there's other mm -hmm. ones that we don't know what actually, how this, you know, what, how this, sure. this virus actually, you know, how it, it, you know, does it transition over a while? Does it mutate? You know, there's so much that's unknown. But uh, but what I think would be really helpful is 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 that, you know, that that ability to get an accurate test. Ideally, you could do it at home and you just, you know, upload your results, uh, show that you're you're negative and then you do a temperature check and, you know, before you fly and, and you fly safely and, and away you go. And and that, uh, you know, if you're exposed to it, you're made aware of it and uh, and that you you're protected. But um, yeah. So anyway, I'd love to come down and, and hang out with you guys soon. And um you know, the, the number of cases here in, in Canada and in Toronto are, are fairly low. I think they're fairly low in Costa Rica as well. But um, at the moment, if you travel yeah. outside of Canada and then you come back in, if you went anywhere, uh, you have to isolate for 15 days or I think it's 14 days. So, um, so yeah. you know, that, that's a bit of a deterrent. So I think once they start lifting that or at least like saying like, here's a list of places you can go uh, where you, you know, you, you don't have to quarantine when you get back, but follow all these safety rules to and from. Then I think that that starts mm -hmm. to open travel back up because you know uh, people people have an itch and and uh, I know a lot of people have suffered financially, but those that uh, maybe are in a position to be able to travel, then they can drive some some revenue back into the economy and uh, and spend in the way that they might have done a little bit before and and start to help put other people back into to jobs and and uh, and you yeah. know, stir the economy back up. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen this year is I would I would hazard the guess that 80 percent, at least 80 percent of the people who come down here every year to either rent or own a house or a condo here are going to be back because most of those people live in places like, you know, we got neighbors who live in Montreal. Man, it gets cold in Montreal in, oh, yeah. in the winter. So if you're not used to 40 below February because you've been down here every year. It's got to be pretty awful bad uh, situation for you not to come down this winter. And if you if they say you get the test, you know, whatever you get the insurance that covers you uh, and then you can come down, they're going to they're going to be coming down here to spend the winter here. They're not going to be hanging out in Montreal at minus 40. Well, <laughs> you know, I would definitely, I would I definitely be so, choosing any. Costa Rica over uh, over uh, freezing cold Toronto uh, in the winter. I love Toronto. It's a great city, yeah. uh, but uh, there's only so much winter I can I can take. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are going to be down here this winter, regardless. I think some people, you know, some people are just really nervous about stuff in general and they'll, 
they'll stay home and they'll feel better about it or whatever. But I, I think that that you're going to see a lot more people who are visiting down here coming down to stay for extended periods. And it's just going to be once you get here, I think it's going to, it's just not going to be, you're not going to be maybe out at the bar every night like maybe you were before. You'll probably, you'll have your bubble here. You'll hang out with people in your complex and by yeah. the pool and that kind of stuff. I think that's going to be the big change. It's going to be, well, it's like it is for every, for, for you now in yeah. Toronto, yeah. you know, you, kind of, you go out, you do your stuff, you do all the stuff you need to, but you don't really take any, you know, uh, big risks. Uh, you yeah. know, you, you yeah, play totally. it and, and for me personally, I've I obviously had a, a, a renewed focus on, you know, like how, how do I spend my time? Right. Cause you're sort of trapped indoors. And so, uh, my renewed focus has been on my health and just really trying to eat as cleanly as I can. There's definitely some exceptions in there, but uh, eat as cleanly as I can, uh, have the right vitamins in my system, and uh, and be as physically active as possible. So uh, as much working out as I can fit in, and uh, and then balance that out with you know how you spend your time being productive, you know, w- with work related activities. But um, th- that's that's been really helpful for me, just for my mental state, is just trying to do as much physical activity as possible. So that way, I don't feel like I'm uh, you know a couch potato indefinitely. Definitely blown through yeah. a lot of uh, series on television and Netflix and, and Amazon yeah. Prime. But, um, but on the outside, you know, you, you still got to do stuff to, to stay healthy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, too, if you go over to uh, the grocery store and you do happen to put your hand on something and put it in your eye and you get sick, you're, uh, you're in pretty good shape to be able to battle and fight yeah. that, fight that, uh, that yeah, virus you off, be in, right? You want to be in the best possible shape if you get it. To a certain degree, there's, there's not a lot that can be done you know, there's, there are things that we can do to slow it. I don't know if there's anything we can do to like completely stop it. Otherwise we would have been able to completely stop the flu. And, uh, so that's yeah. my interpretation, you know, and, and I'm happy to be wrong, but, um, so I just want to be, you know, the, the healthiest I can possibly be. Cause then if I get COVID, I hopefully just, you know, run it over make it my bitch and move on. And, uh, and, yeah, exactly. uh, and then, you know, focus on, on trying to, to do, uh, the work that I want to do, which, uh, you know, in this particular case is, is trying to help, help people out, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I feel optimistic about this, you know, when, once, uh, yeah, we'll get to the other side of this. Certainly life is going to be very different, but we're, uh, somebody said to me not long ago, it's the best of times and worst <laughs> of times, you know, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a 2020 was a, <laughs> It's, it's a hell of a year we're going through right now. But when we get to the other side of this, if we've, you know, there's been plenty of opportunity to slam the brakes on and kind of look around at your life and figure out what works, what doesn't work, uh, and, uh, and, and use the time. If you're not worried about money all the time, I will. That is a big caveat. Sure. That's something, you know, we're, we're in a situation, the two of us right now, where we've got, you know, some income or reserves or whatever that we're, we're, not, uh, we're not in dire straits. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are having a hard time. Um, but you know, if you do have that opportunity to have the luxury of time right now, there's no better time, you know, situation right now to be able to focus in or taking classes or whatever, or just trying to, to, to get ready to, to come out on the other side of this, uh, stronger and better. For yeah. It. And, and I would even say for those that are, that are in that tough situation financially, um, cause you never know when that happens. Right. I mean, we, we, we like to think yeah. everything's gravy forever and then things take a shift and you're in, you're in a bad spot. And, and that's to, to try your very best to keep a clear head, focus on what's going to move you forward, stay as positive as possible, and, uh, and then do the things that are going to get you to where you need to go, you know, whether that's if that's securing another, you know, place of employment, uh, but, but also just 
you know, if you're, if you don't have that employment, at least focus on your health and your well-being. So that way, when you are interviewed for a job, you know, you're, you're as clear-minded as possible. You're, you know, able to represent yourself in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's tough, um, you know, for companies to hire people if, uh, they are, you know, acting like, um, they're having a tough time. They, they want to hire people that are like happy and healthy. And, uh, um, it's sort of one of those, I think one of those sort of natural biases where you, you want to be around people that, uh, that you like. And so, uh, you know, to put mm-hmm. yourself in the best position where you can interview and, and uh, come across as, as the, you know, the best you are, uh, at, you know, on your best days when it's pre COVID and none of this is happening, it's tough to do, but, uh, yeah. but you know, you always want to put your best foot forward. So anything you can do to, to get yourself into that situation is always a plus. Yeah. And that, you know, funny thing is too, and I, I've mentioned this many times on, on the podcast because it's almost become part of our lives, Belinda and I, because last December, uh, you'll remember that uh, Toronto Life uh, did a, an interview piece on us and, and published that. Uh, and it was a piece on uh, digital nomads. And uh, it, they, they interviewed us and a few other couples and they were, uh, they were all people who had kind of left their nine to five and were able to use technology to be able to work wherever they yep. wanted to work. And then just, you know, we got down here and we're posting what we're doing with our lives and stuff. And, and, uh, and people are, get really interested. Oh, how do you do that? And, you know, it's, well, it's pretty straightforward. We were saying in the beginning, but now since COVID, now it's like everybody's kind of looking at their situation and thinking, because now that you're working from home and all that, you're like, well, if I can work from home and, and maybe if my employer decides that the, he or she wants to continue to let me work from home. Why do I need to work from here? You know, it used to be talk about, oh, you can you can work from home now. It's just like, well, you can work from anywhere. So I think that's going to be a big sort of uh, uh, something that everybody's going to be thinking about on the other side of this is, uh, well, yeah, how do I, you know, how do I unplug from my little apartment in Toronto or whatever and figure out how to how to live bigger, how to have better uh, work life balance? I think that's going to be a huge well, that's, part of this. That's been a trend uh, I've noticed on posts by companies on LinkedIn is um uh, they've been extending the work from home. So, you know, large companies like Google and, and, and other tech companies, and, and I think a lot of other companies are going to follow suit, is uh, they're, they're basically saying, oh, you know, till next summer now. Like, first it was the end of the year. Like, hey, all employees are going to work from home till the end of the year. And then it was March and now it's the summer. And then now there's a few new posts from companies basically saying forever, work from home forever. And yeah. as soon as you get work from home yeah. forever... Uh, and, you're, and your company's not the only one, because if your company's the only one, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to pick up, move to Costa Rica, you know, uh, live in Plasto Coco and, and buy a place there, mm-hmm. great. The problem is then if you want to find another job and your company was the only company that would allow you to work from home. But once, th- once that yeah. starts, and I think it will, I think you're going to see more and more companies uh, that'll allow you to work remotely. And if you've got that skill set where it really doesn't matter where you are. You know, you're not in a in a face to face kind of role like retail sort of service role. Uh, uh, yeah, the the demand for uh, for I wouldn't say vacation properties. I would just say remote living properties uh, is going to go way up. Yeah. And uh, and and those communities are going to develop in a way that they haven't before um, because uh, you know you're going to have a lot of people that are down there earning their uh, you know, standard rate of income, but they're, they're living in a very low, uh, you know, cost of living kind of place. And, uh, and they can, you know, they can improve their lifestyle quite a bit by, by doing that. And of yeah. course, I think yeah, that the I temperature's a plus too. Go ahead. Yeah. I guarantee you that by this time next year, I'll be able to rhyme off some names of people that are either that have moved down here and are working 
uh, quote, quote unquote, nine to five with some company, or they've got a few different yep. gigs that they're running from a place here, or there's people we know who own places here or rent places here who usually come down for like two weeks or a month. And we'll see those people coming down here and doing like six months sure. like we're doing uh, because they can work from here and then they've got, and then they go back so that they can still enjoy their, for, for Canadians anyways, they can still go back and enjoy their universal health care and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's a big concern with Canadians, right? Uh, is, is that, is that yeah. being able to hold on to your, your, depending on what province you are, the, your, your universal healthcare. And that doesn't but if expire. You, if you naturalize as a citizen for Costa Rica, there's healthcare there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can, well, they, if that's what you want to do, you can, you can, you can do that. You can come down here and become a, a citizen or become a permanent resident. And we're in the process of getting permanent residency just because it just makes things for the six months we are here, make, it makes everything so much easier. The one thing is that we don't have to leave every 90 right. days, right? If you're down here on an extended vacation every 90 days, you've got to go up to Nicaragua or Panama or fly out. You could do a vacation. You could fly up to Texas to visit friends or go back to Toronto. That's fine. But if you want something cheap, you can j- jump on a bus and, and like they yeah, have yeah. tours that take you right. across yeah. the border. Stamps, you stamps come back and bring stamp, you right yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can avoid that by getting permanent residency, which we're doing, you know, and then you can, and then you can get in, in this case, they call it Caja uh, down here. It's uh, uh, the, uh, the healthcare uh, rather than just buying uh, travel insurance all the time. But there's lots of benefits to doing that as well. But for those people that, 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 that just want this to be part of their life or part of their year, uh, I think people will, will be extending their stay here or other places or whatever, because now that they, their employers do, do feel comfortable letting them work for home from home or, you know, work remotely that you'll see a jump in that. And I, I bet you by next year, I can at least, you know, count four or five people. I've already, I already know a few people from back home who have bought places here since we've been right. here and, and specifically came here because they're like, Oh, Costa Rica seems beautiful. Dave yeah, lives in that people. place and he loves it. Let's go check yeah. out it first, whatever, you know, they might come down and I always tell them, you know, don't take it for me, come down and, and check it out and whatever. It might not be your, piece of cake a piece of pie you might want to go off and live in a more remote area or a bigger city or whatever but you know at least come come here and check it out and have something to compare it to I, and i actually i have friends that are that are doing the same sort of thing but with cottage country they've had cottages and uh once covid happened then they just went up to the cottage and they haven't been back since basically so living living yeah. in rural ontario by a lake pretty brilliant you know beautiful location it's isolated I think the draw to get out of cities is is has been really big, and I know there's been some articles recently about uh, you know commentary about, for example, New York because it's shifted to become a little more dangerous recently, and then also there's been a bit of an exodus from uh, from people that just don't want to be you know stacked on top of each other, and uh, and so they're yeah, well that's gonna happen with all big cities, yeah. right? I think there's gonna be a little so, bit of that. You know, there's people that are looking to that that level of comfort where it's like, look, I'll go to a rural location. Uh, I know the community. It's kind of a bit of a closed community and, uh, and I can keep myself safe. And if I can work there and, and make money and, and it doesn't really matter where I am, then, you know, same sort of deal. So I, I think, I think you're just going to see a, a draw for, for places like where you are in Costa Rica, you're going to see draws for, for, uh, rural places, uh, in, uh, wherever they're located, whether it's, you know, through Europe or, or, uh, in the United States, it, it really, I think it's just, um, uh, people are going to get drawn back out to, uh, to where they feel the safest and, 
small communities are probably it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on the other side. This is, there's lots of talk about what people are going to do, but I'll believe it when I see it. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, talking about uh, mass exodus from different cities and stuff like that. And people, I don't know about that. We'll wait and see. But because uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, people are always going to want to live in, 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 in big cities where there's lots of action as well. That's too. true. Well, I, I, I would think all the single people definitely want to be where all the action is. You know, if you're if yeah. you're single and your 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 options are limited through COVID, and then you go to a small town where your options are even more limited, uh, uh, you know yeah. that's probably uh, going to be a detriment. And you're not, you're not going to be running at that too quickly. Yeah, no, exactly. You're not going to be like, you know what? It might be a lot safer in Petawawa, <laughs> but that's not very good for my social life. I'm 22 yeah, exactly. years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. And then people can go off and they can isolate and they can live in their cottage and they can shut off from the outside world. And then every once in a while, they can drop they can drop a pin on Toronto and say, hey, is COVID still <laughs> around thinking about going to the Eaton Center? And they can get an answer. Yes, it's still yeah. happening. All right. Maybe I'll wait yeah, another exactly. month. Well, uh, um, I wish you all the best, my friend, with uh, with your with the new app, Glimpse Social. It's pretty exciting times for you. And uh and uh, I can't wait to see uh, the life of its own that this thing takes on and, uh, and how it's able to help people all over the world. Uh, it's going to be a pretty cool thing to, to watch happen. So good for you for doing this and having the uh, intestinal fortitude to uh, go through this experience. Because like you said, uh, you know, once you get in there, you know, it's like, OK, I've got this idea and it's great. And here's how it's going to work. And then people come at you and they're like, oh, no, you got to do this, that and the other thing. It's like, oh. It must be so daunting, but you, you've you got to the other side of it and you've got a finished product and it works super well. And it's just a matter of uh, tweaking it as you go and, and just getting that word of mouth. Yeah, going, right? yeah absolutely. Look, I'm, I'm glad to have had the conversation with you early on when, uh, you know, I was, I was working through it at the beginning. I'm super happy to be able to have the conversation with you now on this podcast. And, and thanks for having me on so that I can I can talk about it now that it's been published. And, uh, and I'm hope, uh, you know, hope in the not too distant future, we can regroup and uh, we can talk about uh, uh, the fact that we've got some people on it and they're using it and yeah, we, yeah, we can yeah. talk about the different ways that, that people have decided to, uh, to take advantage of it and, and, uh, and hopefully it's helpful. But, um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, something has been accomplished, but I also feel like there's a lot of work ahead and, uh, and I'm excited about it. So thanks. Thanks so much. Very cool. Oh, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to down the line when you're a, like a, a, a mythic Jeff Bezos character, and and I and I can field questions like, "Is it true that you're sleeping in a uh, in a saltwater pod?" So <laughs> I, I don't know if you're aware, but as soon as you publish an app, they start sending you ads for those pods, assuming that uh, you can afford them. <laughs> so I'll I'll get a pod as soon as uh, as soon as I can. As soon as the money's in the bank, I'll I'll be I'll be I'll yeah, order yeah. up a pod for everybody, including all my friends. We'll have you on when you become a uh, Howard Hughes type uh, personality and I have to dispel all the myths about uh, how, uh, how bizarre you've gotten because everybody's telling stories about you. Right. I, I want to be able to walk around with, shoe, uh, with um, tissue boxes on my feet and, and have, and have go. people go, yeah, 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 that's cool. Because they're like too afraid to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, thank you so much. All right. Cheers. It was good talking to you and uh, uh, look forward to seeing you in uh, Costa Rica when you come down next. Thanks, pal. My thanks to my buddy Jonathan Baldock for spending his time with me and for sharing his cool story. Thanks again to Jerry Stamp, who wrote and performed the Cool Story theme song and all other jingles and stings that appear on the show. Do yourselves a favor and look for Jerry's music wherever you stream. And finally, thank you for listening. Until next time, Pura Vida. 
What's your 